Hey everybody, Randy here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is Pinehurst, Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Perfect week to be talking Pinehurst with the U.S. Women's Open going on. Pinehurst is now the official anchor site for the USGA. The USGA is actually building um, some offices right there next to the golf clubhouse. It is a partnership that I think will be exciting for everybody for years to come. So I urge you, if you're planning a golf trip anytime this spring, summer, fall, please, please, please check out Pinehurst at Pinehurst.com. They have a number of excellent packages you can take advantage of. Their most popular being the Donald Ross Golf Package. It gets you two nights and three rounds. Um, and the golf, of course, is is exquisite. Hopefully you've seen, whether it be our tour sauce, uh, some of our crash course videos, or just heard us talk about it. Um, Pinehurst number two is... You know, quite literally one of the best courses in the world. It, <laughs> I find the green so difficult, but such a fun challenge. Number four, recently renovated by Gil Hans, top 100 golf course, just an exceptional walk. Uh, I've had the privilege to play number three, which I think is a perfect warm-up for number two. It's a shorter course, but with all the challenge around the greens that you could possibly ask for. And then I also recently got to play number one, which if I could sum up in a word is just totally pleasant. It, it is a great walk and will not beat you up. And then, you know, you finish with golf, you can go around the cradle. And then when you get done playing the big courses, there's the cradle waiting for you. Their nine hole course that is just exquisite. And then I think you know, sneaky under the radar. Maybe my favorite thing at Pinehurst is the Thistledew putting course. The last couple of times I've been there, we've had excellent, um, an excellent time just, you know, grabbing a couple of drinks and then playing some type of putting game. They have 18 holes. Really, really, really fun. So um, please, I urge you check out Pinehurst as you plan your golf trips this year. Pinehurst.com. We thank them so much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now on to today's episode. Thank you very much, Mr. Jeezy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Trap Draw. My name is Randy. Normally, I would introduce my guy, TC, Tron Carter here. He's actually on the road. He's in Sand Valley. My guy's on a bit of a heater right now. Pine Valley last weekend, Sand Valley this week. Uh, been a couple hectic weeks of travel for us here at, at No Laying Up. So I'm riding solo today. Uh, TC and I should be back to more of a normal episode starting next week. I apologize about that, but really fun interview this week. The guest is Kira Dixon. You may know her. She's uh, just started at the Golf Channel earlier this year. I'm going to ask her about that. Before that, uh, she was Miss America. You may have seen her win the 2015 Miss America crown. Uh, I asked her a little bit about that. 
and she's just awesome. She's really into golf. Um, she's out at the Olympic Club in San Francisco working the U.S. Women's Open this week. So I want to get a little bit of her perspective on that. And she grew up in San Francisco. So I asked her a little bit about that, but this is this episode is going to lean more towards um, just interviewing and, and learning about her story more so than getting into the nuts and bolts of San Francisco, which, you know, if, if you are looking for that, Tron and I did a San Francisco episode last year with Neil. He gets into a lot of his favorite spots, so you can certainly check that out. So without further ado, uh, I want to get to my interview with Kira Dixon. Remind everybody the U.S. Women's Open is this week. It's going to be in prime time. It'll be broadcast between um, the Peacock, the NBC Peacock streaming channel for a couple hours, but then majority uh, between Golf Channel, Thursday, Friday, some Saturday, and then NBC also picks it up Saturday and Sunday. So be sure to check it out. Olympic is just an absolutely excellent venue. We did um, a couple interviews over on the NLU main podcast with Patty Tavitanikit and Amelia Garvey. I would urge you to check those out. And um, yeah, besides that, I hope you enjoy this chat with Kira Dixon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, joining me now on the line live from San Francisco. She's going to be all around the tournament this week. Uh, can't wait to hear from her. Get get a boots on the ground report from Olympic Club and and also ask her about her home city, Kira Dixon. Kira, uh, good evening as it is. Welcome. How are you today? Thank you, Randy. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, what can you tell us? I, first question, how's Olympic Club looking? Oh, it's so pure. I've heard I've heard that quote a million times <laughs> from every single player as they walk off of 18, which is which is good because it's it's positive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. of course, it's really, really tough. Uh, but it seems like everybody's just so happy. It is a true U.S. Open setup, and it's been really cool to watch, even in just the like two days of practice rounds so far. Uh, any sense? Have you have any players talked about? I, I was reading something on Twitter, and I have no idea the validity of it, but somebody was saying, "Oh my gosh, it's going to play so hard!" Like I wouldn't be surprised if plus five was the winning score. Have Have any players mentioned the difficulty or talked about what they think a winning score might be this week? Oh yeah. I haven't heard much about a winning score. I've heard a few people mention there's no way anybody's breaking par. Um, <laughs> nice. But I think Marina Alex was like, if there's a breath of wind, this is going to be impossible. <laughs> so I, we'll see. <laughs> okay. You have my full attention. I, I, it's a U.S. Open. I feel like that's what it should be, right? Oh, exactly. And I mean, just they did such a great job setting it up and just the experience that they're making sure that the players have everything from player dining to the locker rooms. I, the event that I just walked by had like five star, five chefs with all like three or four Michelin stars, like Thomas Keller's casually panning out fried chicken. <laughs> like it's, it's good. They did it good. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I I'm with you. I, you know, well, last month when I saw you out there for the preview day was the first time I'd seen Olympic in person. Um, obviously, I'd watched it on TV. I've just been so excited for this week. I, I think it's obviously it's it's a championship venue. It's got a great history on the men's side. And I'm really excited to see the ladies take it on. And um, I, I think it's going to produce a very, very good tournament this week. So um, I, I want to ask you, you're obviously you're from San Francisco. I guess my first question is San Francisco area. Is that home for you today or do you live somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. No, I live in San Francisco. I live okay. in a neighborhood called Arrow Hill. 
it's known as the sunniest place in the city. So <laughs> I just drove back back to where I live and it's lovely out. Um, and unfortunately it was the Arctic tundra today at the Olympic club. <laughs> so I was very happy to leave. Um, so I don't know what the weather will be like for the rest of the week at Olympic, but they're, they're definitely getting more of that traditional San Francisco weather. Well, and maybe you can help me out with this. Uh, Tron and I were both saying there's something about the weather in San Francisco where it, it's, it's a cold that, that it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't numb your extremities. It, it doesn't, you don't feel it in your fingers and toes, but we were both commenting like it, like it just gets in your bones and it's almost like I, I feel it deep inside, like my chest and my body. Is that, yeah. are we crazy for that? I mean, you, you grew no, up no, in, you're, <laughs> what you're is totally it about right. it? Yeah. It's, it's, I call it, it's like a cutting cold. It cuts through you and it's the fog. Um, so we, we refer to the fog as Carl, the fog, um, and Carl likes to make an appearance and he just cuts right through you. So it's really great. (laughs) That's right. Carl, Carl with a K, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. 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 Gotta get the spelling right. Okay. All right. Um, all right, Kira, I want to, let's establish some, some San Francisco bona fides here. Uh, born in San Francisco. Is that right? Um, born in the East Bay. So like past Oakland and Berkeley in that direction. But I've grown up in in and around the city pretty much my whole life. Okay. All right. And then I read, did you essentially through high school? Because I know at some point you got to the East Coast. So I'm I'm wondering how that uh move came about for you. Yes. Yes. So I, I went to college in New York and then uh ended up living there for a few years and then life took on it's so, I don't know if you're alluding to this next part of my life. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to talk but, about that, but I, I want to kind of ask you about all of that stuff so we, we can get there, but yeah, what, I went what to was it initially? Yeah. What was it? What was it initially that, that you wanted to get all the way to New York? Um, because so have you ever, I don't know. I don't know, Randy, if you're like a musical guy or if you're a, a glee guy, have you ever watched any of those shows? You know, I watched the first couple seasons. Sure. And I, I like a good <laughs> okay. musical. I, I won't consider myself an expert though. Okay, so there's this scene in Glee where Leah Michelle, the main character, like walks up out of the subway and is like singing and living her best New York life dream. Like that was me. I I, I thought that I wanted to be in the big city, you know, li- living that life. Um, so that's why I wanted to go to New York. I always had that like big New York dream. Okay, all right. Which, <laughs> which is why a lot of people end up there. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I got All to right. do some cool stuff. So yeah. Well, okay. Uh, how how would you compare? Let me put you on the spot here a little bit. What um, c- compare San Francisco and New New York for me? What you know? W- what do you like about each? Where does one, you know, what what maybe don't you like about each? How, how would you compare the two two of the more major cities in this country? Um, I would say that San Francisco is more like a European city. Uh, it's like a Barcelona or an Amsterdam or something like that. It's got all these tiny little streets and things feel old, even though they're not. Um, and there's a lot of tech bros around here. So like the finance guys of New York are the tech bros of San Francisco. So lots of people in Patagonia vests, um, <laughs> lots of that sort of life, uh, uh, and around here. Um, and you know, you've got a lot of like people that love the wars and adventure and golf and, um, I feel like that kind of takes on a different 
activity set in New York. Like people, I don't know. I feel like people like bougier things in New York <laughs> for the most part. Um, but like certainly like very much a city uh, the way that New York is, but New York has its own soul and life. And that's something that can't be replicated. And San Francisco has its completely own other thing. And plus the food culture here is like amazing. Like our sushi or Asian food, all that. It's better food in San Francisco or New York. Cause you're going to, oh. you're going to, yeah, you're going to make some people angry here. I'm going to make some people angry. I mean, some of my favorite food in the world is in New York, but like San Francisco has just, I love, love, love like any Asian food and you can't get better than San Francisco for that. Well, let me ask you, do you have a couple favorite spots off the top of your head? I do. I do. Um, So there's a place we're going tonight actually for Jihei Lee's birthday called Hawker Fair. It's a Thai Lao place. Um, So highly recommend uh let's see where else um farmhouse tie i'm naming all the tie places <laughs> um um uh yeah like moshi moshi sushi and dog patch is a good as a go-to for us uh wait hold on there's some other ask me another questions while i look up this other sure, i can't sure oka oka something uh geez like look up my DoorDash uh things that i've been ordering throughout covid <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but lots of really good places. <laughs> all right. All right. Let me, let me ask you this. I read something really interesting about you doing a little research to, to prepare for this. Uh, trilingual. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I grew, I, my, my parents are Russian. Um, so I grew up speaking Russian. I, I only speak to them in Russian. Um, and I grew up speaking Spanish in school and classes and like lived in Spain for a while and um english that's awesome have have you gone back have you spent a lot of time in russia i have we used to go every summer and i still my grandparents are still alive and still there um so we've spent a lot of time there when my husband and i actually went a few years ago and like i was getting us all around on the subway system and stuff and he was like wow you really speak russian (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i really do (laughs) i've uh Ozumo, that's what it's called. Ozumo, um, sushi and Okane. Okay. Sorry. Carry on. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I was talking to Terry Gannon a while ago and he's been all over and I asked him what his favorite city was. And he, and he said, St. Petersburg, Russia. And since that time, yeah, it's planted the seed in me that I, I, I don't know. Like I would love to see Moscow, but now I kind of, I really want to see St. Petersburg. So I, I'm curious where your family's from or the, the places that you've spent a lot of time. They're from Moscow, which I would liken to New York. Okay. And um, St. Petersburg is more like a Paris, Los Angeles mix. So, and, and they very much have a similar culture in terms of the differences we have between people that are from LA and people that are from New York and they have a very similar thing. Like Moscovites have like a New York accent, but it, but the Russian version and they're a lot more cut and dry, just get to the point. Not a lot of feelings where like San Francisco or um, sorry, St. Petersburg uh, people are a little, little more artsy. Like they like a green <laughs> juice, that sort of thing. Um, and then what about the other place? I, I don't know if this is quite bucket list for me, but I do think it'd be fascinating. I would love to go to Vladivost- Vladivostok. Vladivostok, yeah. yeah. I've never and been I, there. 
and I want to ride the seven day. I think there's a seven day Trans-Siberian uh, yeah. train that will get you to Moscow. I think that would be I would fascinating. I would love to do that too. I think that would be fascinating too. There's some weird stuff out there, I feel like. So <laughs> I, I would like to see that. There's a place like on the edge of the earth called Kamchatka. I think it's basically Japan. And they have the best crab in the whole world. Like all the crab that you eat in Russia comes from this place called Kamchatka. It's delicious. So have you been there? No, of course not, oh. but I've eaten the crab. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but I would love right. to go there. All right. Um, well, that's that's awesome. Uh, so anyway, all right. You, you, you moved to New York. I got to ask you about getting into the pageant scene. Yeah. How does that come about? So I had done a few things as a kid, um, like for never, never, never in a million years. did I think that I was going to do Miss America. Um, so it was on my radar as like something I loved. Like my mom and I watched it every year. Yeah. Um, I grew up singing and dancing. So it was just another like outlet for that. You know, my Leah Michelle subway, <laughs> subway singing moment. Right. Right. Um, so in, in college, I decided I was going to go to law school and law school is expensive and Miss America's the largest provider of scholarships to women in the world still. And so I decided I was going to do Miss America. I was going to do Miss New York and you know, you win $10,000 or something like that. If you win Miss New York and that can go towards paying for law school, like it'll be great. Like never am I going to win Miss America and you can compete anywhere that you live for six months. And I had been living in New okay. York for almost six years at that point. So um, so I did Miss New York once I didn't win. I went back to the drawing board, got into law school, got into Notre Dame. And then I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this one more time. Just give it a shot. If not, I'm going to go to Indiana on my merry way. And that's that I ended up winning. And so deferred for a year and figured, um, like I'd go to Miss America, be Miss New York for the year. There's no way I'm winning Miss America. And like, then I'll go to law school. Um, and the way, the reason I didn't think I could ever win is because the two women that were Miss America before me were also Miss New York and never in the organization's history had they had three from the same state in a row. Um, so people would come up to me and literally say like, oh, too bad. You know, you would have been a great Miss America. Like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> um, so I won and it was it was amazing. It completely changed my life. I shocker ended up not going to law school. And um, I grew up also playing golf. And during my year as Miss America, I got asked to do some celebrity golf tournament events like the BMW Pro-Am at Thornblade and some other random stuff. And the Golf Channel would interview me. And I was like, oh, Golf Channel. And that just, I started getting back into golf really seriously. I started my news reporting career and here we are six years later, I've truly made it. I'm talking to big Randy and no laying up. Like this was what I was meant to do with my life. I was going to say the trap draw. It's, it's, it's literally all, <laughs> all downhill after this for you. So um, <laughs> literally I have officially peaked. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I definitely want to get into golf with you. Can I ask, um, I'm thinking of like miss. I mean, I'm sure you've. I'm sure you get this all the time. So uh, I, I apologize in advance, but oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, for those of us whose perceptions of pageant life are shaped yeah, yeah. by you know popular culture, pretty much um, like Miss Congeniality. I'm, I'm trying to think of other movies where kind of the drop dead gorgeous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What like 
what do those movies get right? And what, uh, well, you know, what, what is just unfair stereotype versus what is like, oh my God, they, they have nailed that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of it is um, what they get wrong is that it's that people are dumb. First of all, like there's a lot of really smart women, really impressive women that do this. Um, And they get a lot of the, like they're, 20 uh, Miss girls that I competed with at Miss America came to my wedding. Like a lot of them are really my closest, closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that pop culture kind of pits women against each other and makes it seem like it's that thing. Yeah. Um, but although I will say like Miss Congeniality, I watched Miss Congeniality for the first time when I was 12 years old and it shaped the course of my life because <laughs> it made me love pageants. <laughs> really? Um, so like it, in the end in the movie, like they're all friends, so they get it right. Mm-hmm. um and you know they just want world peace <laughs> so <laughs> who doesn't want world peace randy exactly. okay like exactly that's you know <laughs> yeah. sign me up exactly yeah exactly it's great it's, so, what, yeah. what was um i guess when you won miss america what was your talent what what did i sang oh okay well going back to the new york for you know big lights yeah, yeah, Broadway. Yeah. okay yeah exactly exactly yeah do you, I won't ask you to sing, but do you still sing? I'm is not that, going to do that. Is, is, that, <laughs> is that an no, outlet for so, you anymore? Um, only like with the doors closed, but okay. I had to sing the national anthem at like a million baseball, football games, uh, <laughs> like on, on a USO tour, like literally on a base in Afghanistan. Like I, I sang everywhere and I got through the national anthem every single time, hundreds of times and never messed it up. And my biggest fear the whole year was like, imagine the headline, Miss America screws up national anthem. Like yeah. there's a lot of pressure with that. So I, I got through the year, I didn't mess it up. And I swore off ever singing again, because it just was <laughs> so much pressure. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, that's a, everybody says that's like a really difficult song to sing, I guess. It, is, it that- is difficult to sing, Randy. It is. You've got the weight of a nation on you. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, God, I'm trying some of the, some of the best viral videos are, um, I'm remembering Doc Rivers. I think there was, um, I think it was like a teenage girl kind of forgot the words at a, at an NBA game one time. I could see that being a very viral moment though. If, if Miss yeah. America forgot the words, that's, that's a lot Literally of Literally Miss America, <laughs> like Miss America. You don't want that in your life. So no, I don't think anymore. <laughs> okay. Hey everybody, Randy here. Sorry to interrupt. I want to thank our other sponsor for today's podcast. That is, of course, our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I got to tell you, since moving to Colorado, I've actually gotten to to use the service. It's easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. And right now they have a great offer. Listen to this. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, golf, so much more all week long. It's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Right now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TRAPDRAW, all one word, when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. 
Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TRAPDRAW for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now back to my conversation. Um, so you said you picked up golf along the way. I'm curious when and how did you get into golf? What, what was the impetus for that? Yes. So I started playing golf when I was three with my dad on a vacation to Destin, Florida. Okay. And my parents are foreign. So of course they immediately latched onto it and thought like our daughter will play golf and break into the American business scene with that. So they were right, of course. Um, but they, they were immigrants. They are immigrants and they did not have a lot of money and they put in everything they had into my playing very serious junior golf. So we moved around a lot when I was young because my dad is a doctor and he had to redo all of his, you know, residency here, fellowship there. So when I was really, really into it, we were living in Texas and I was like big on the Texas junior golf circuit, like San Antonio junior golf association events every week. Um, all the clinics ever at lock and Tara, um, and was pretty good. And then we moved to California, back to California. And I was in that age of, I was like 12, 13 was one of the only girls in school that played. It was weird. Um, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't, there's no social media to show you what cool stuff you could do. Like I couldn't look at Mel Wee and be like, wow, like look at all this cool stuff she gets to do. Um, Cause I don't know, like we, I don't think that my parents really knew how to show me what the future could look like, Mm -hmm. um, because they just, they didn't know. So that was kind of a bummer. Like now looking back, I just, I just covered the CAAs because I ended up quitting because I was, I just felt like it was, there was nothing in it for me. And I kind of got burnt out from playing such serious junior golf for such a long time. And I, I just covered the NCAAs and I was watching these girls just like have the best week ever and on their teams. And I was like, man, like I could have done this. I could have played college golf. Like I was really good. Randy, you are talking to the East Bay middle school golf champion. Okay. The trophy oh. is somewhere in my parents' attic. Kara, <laughs> we've, we've buried the lead there. I'm sorry that that wasn't, I didn't lead with that. I know. So it's really a bummer, but it all worked out. And I, when I became Miss America, golf was like weirdly a thing and people wanted to play golf with me. And I got into invited to all this stuff and I, it's gotten me into events and meetings and all this stuff that I had no business being a part of. And it completely has changed my life. And I'm so thankful to it. I love the sport. I'm really nerding out these days over it. My goal right now is to do a mid-am qualifier. So that's awesome. I'm like getting back into the serious playing, trying to keep my stats. I'm sure you play a bunch on the road, but if you're just at home, is there a course that, you know, is your home course? I I belong to Lake Merced. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So I actually played yesterday with Pat Steffes, who's the head pro there and my coach and Tom Abbott, and they're growing up the rough for Mediheal next week. And it's a very similar, obviously to the Olympic club and, uh, I, I'm like having a hard time lifting my arms after hacking it out of the rough all day yesterday and shot a really, really great score. It was great. <laughs> well, can I ask what your handicap is right now? 
Yeah. So that's a very personal 2. question. Okay. It's fine. It's a personal question. It's 12.2. I'm, my goal this year is to get to 9.9. That's a great goal. I, um, I think so. I'm, I'm a 10.4. I've been very disappointed in the golf I've played recently. Uh, I was, I, I had a similar goal last year. I wanted my handicap to start with a six. I got it down to 6.7. And now we have just completely, wow. we, we are back. We're regressing. We're <laughs> yeah. regressing. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm kind of around bogey golf these days, mostly, but um, that's fine. That, that's, an ex- fun. that's an excellent goal that you have. Um, I, I think that's, Thank have you. you played recently? Have you played any competitive golf, even like a one day, you know, California, I don't know what the golf associations out there are, but just yeah, to have, CGA. yeah, just to get that little bit of competitive, uh, atmosphere going. Yeah. So I had signed up to play a bunch of them and then COVID happened, oh, sure. which kind of threw a wrench in things. And then I've started a new job here recently. So I've been uh, a little busy, but I, I mean, the competitive stuff that I have gotten to do is like playing in the AT&T and playing in the American century. Um, but those are twice a year and are very different. Um, like there's not as, it's not, not that there's not a lot on the line, but it's not like a Northern California golf association event where I'm like really trying to compete on mm-hmm. a, like with, with these women. And, um, that's a bit different. So yeah, I, I'm, I need to get through, get me through August and then I can, I have like not as many events for the fall, which is great. So I can focus a bit on my golf game. Yeah. Um, well, at least you have experience swinging and playing in front of people. I feel like that's such a, yeah, that's, that's a big hurdle to get over. I feel like, um, Oh yeah. So. Yeah. I almost threw up the first time I did it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let me ask you this. Um, this is maybe a tough question, but what have you found, the most rewarding about being, and I should mention you, you alluded to your new job. Congratulations. You are, um, it's with the golf channel. Yeah, exactly. I, I, again, I probably should have started with that, but, um, no, you're good. What, what have you found the most rewarding being in and around the the game of golf? And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up kind of what have been some frustrations if you've encountered any rewarding, for myself as a player. Uh, yeah, I think I think or just personally. The job. Yeah, just you know, is, is it being around the players? Is it you know getting to travel more? What 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 do you love yeah. about the role that you're in and being involved in in the game of golf? So I will say that I think the best thing that's come out of golf in general for me is my friend group. Um, I have met the most amazing group of women through golf, and we all support each other to like through anything. And we're all from different parts of golf, whether it's a startup, a clothing company, golf magazine, golf digest, CBS, NBC, like everybody's in a different part of the golf ecosystem. And we, because we all understand the same language and the same uh, group, you know, all these little groups of people that are living within the golf sphere. um, We all commiserate together, understand each other, laugh together. and be there for each other. And even just at Lake Merced, like I've got this amazing girl gang of young women that I can like, I can call up 10 women at any time and get a game. Mm. And I don't know that there's many other places in the world where you can do that. So I like, I, I just have this really, really tight group of people, women, especially, um, that I am so thankful for. And like, I just never thought that I would have such amazing friendships 
through a game. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably been the most rewarding part. Have there been any, any frustrations that, that you felt, whether it be being a woman in the game of golf yeah, or... Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm sure we could do a long time on that. Oh, we, we could do a whole, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, so people hear Miss America and they have their preconceived notions, right? So um, there's that. Um, I have had, anytime I go to um, a tournament or a range or something, there's always some man that has to come up and ask me some, a inappropriate question. I, I The one that I always go to is like, I had a guy one time ask me why I was wearing uh, or why I was wearing pants because you know they would all prefer that I was wearing a skirt. So Ooh. that's Ooh. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or a bunch of guys standing around betting amongst each other audibly oh. if I could put it in the fairway. Oh. Um, and you know that's not nice. Um, I I find a lot of um, I find a lot of golf fandom to be quite disheartening in the comment section on things that I care about personally within like life, like inclusion and women's empowerment and diversity. And a lot of that type of stuff is really hard to swallow because I love golf so much, but I'm so disappointed in a lot of the behavior that comes within that world. And like, the really, really intense bro culture that just doesn't include women. It doesn't even think about like asking to have, you know, your co your female coworker join your, your round or whatever, like that type of stuff really, really bugs me. Um, and I hope that as we enter into a generational shift, that stuff changes. Um, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of progress that needs to happen before we get to that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think but it's it's a lot. Yeah, we could we no, could go no, on no. this forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I'll just say you know I we're obviously not, and I, I guess I say we no laying up. Like I I think we care about those things. I we're probably not perfect, but those things are important to us too. And so I feel like there's a growing sentiment that I sense around golf. And yeah. I think social media, you know, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, but, but I, some days you can be pessimistic and then some days I'm a little optimistic. So I, totally. I I'm, I'm hopeful that changes, you know, maybe it's a slow build, but, but I'm hopeful that that snowball will, will grow and grow. And, um, you know, I, I just look around in the last 12 months with the game of golf and it's like, Gosh, if, if we were to compare it with five, 10 years ago, it, it would probably look so much different. And so that's great. But it's like, yes, there's there's such a long way to go. So that that's totally. a very thoughtful answer. And and I think it's something that's <laughs> good for me to hear. I think it's good for 98% of our listening audience to hear just that there is, yeah. you know, not not to be complacent and just be mindful of it and and kind of do any little part that that you can, I guess. Yeah. And all it takes is just like reaching your hand out. And that's a very easy thing to do. And just so you know, like it doesn't go unnoticed that like you have me on your show or that you're doing a U.S. <laughs> Women's Open preview pod or like you show up to U.S. Open Media Day like for the women. Like that's that doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you for doing that. that. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say, but I, I feel very guilty even taking that praise because selfishly, it's some of the most fun, you know, like the media day. Oh, totally. Getting to the the women's open at um, Champions last year in Houston, like I straight up love it. So uh, I, that's Good. very nice of you to say, but it's like <laughs> the, the, those are the trips that that's what I look forward to the most. So um, Good. 
That's fantastic. Speaking of your job, how, how is it going? How, you know, it, <laughs> is there a, I'm, I'm sure it's like, you just feel like you learn and I, like me podcasting, it's like the more reps you get, the, the more comfortable oh, you feel, totally. the better you get. How, how's that been going for you? Totally. I mean, I'm a, I started my first event ever for the golf channel was the Genesis Invitational. Okay. So okay. this is like one of the best fields in golf at Riviera, one of the best golf and, courses in the world. And this is for the folks, uh, this would be February, this past February, 2021. This right? past February. Yeah. 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 So it's like, cool. We've got a casual Tiger Woods interview. Great, great, great. Um, and, but luckily like I've worked with, um, the Tiger Woods foundation for a while. So I was at least familiar with him and their team. So it, but like, I'd never done it for golf channel, like in the, in that, uh, environment. So, um, it was a lot. And I, <laughs> I look at some of my tape from that week and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> I've gotten so much better like over the past six weeks, just feeling more comfortable getting to know the players. And I've had some incredible moments with players and just getting to witness all this really cool stuff. And I've also like completely fallen flat on my face, but everybody has been so supportive and wonderful. And I get like really nice comments from people on like Twitter, which is weird, but people say nice things, which is good. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's been amazing. I mean, it's my dream. This has been my dream for like, ever since I figured out the golf channel was a thing like six mm -hmm. years ago. So to actually get to do it is like, I pinch myself every day that I show up and I, I love golf so much. <laughs> so I get to like nerd out about it and get to work with the, the people that are the best in the world of what they do. So it's, it's really cool. And like the golf channel has been great in terms of like setting me up with a mentor and making me feel supported. And like, they call me every week to make sure I'm doing okay and mm. <laughs> to give me good feedback. So like, that's been really helpful as I've grown as a um, on-air personality and like building my connections and my reps and all of that stuff. All right. Compare the pressure of live TV to standing in front of a whole audience of people with the Miss America pageant and, and not to mention, you know, um, being on TV in that, in that respect, are, are the butterflies yeah, the same? Well. Talk about the nerves of, of each. So I, I think that the nerves of playing golf on live TV, which I have done plenty of, um, that is far and away the most nerve nervous ever I have ever been. I was good at being Miss America. Okay. Like I won Miss America. So like, yeah. obviously I was fine with it. The golf, we got to work on that on live TV. Like that is insane. And you know why? Because people are so mean about your golf swing. Like the oh, golf yeah. audience can be, can be brutal. So yeah, there's, there's a lot there that has been rough. <laughs> the, the good thing, I, I, I certainly have not played live golf. I don't think I've played live golf. Well, in person, maybe in front of a small group at like a pro-amp. But, you know, we do our golfing videos and, very, very modest audience there. Uh, but I've hit, you know, three shanks in a row at Royal Dornock in Scotland. And I think it's almost comforting at this point to know my absolute worst is out there for anybody to see. And so it's, <laughs> it, it's almost freeing in that like, oh, it's not going to get any worse than that. Uh, yeah, it, you know, exactly. I should probably think of that more. When, yeah. Yeah. Just like once you've done the worst, that's, that's over, you know, it, it, like that's it. it. It only gets better. Um, and, and you know, the good, good, the good thing is, is that nobody expects me to play well 
So if I go out and hit one great shot, people are like, Oh my God, that's so good. Like good for her. You know, it's not like I played Symmetra or something where if I play bad, then people are like, Oh my God, like she's supposed to be really good. Like, no, no, no. I don't have that sort of pressure from the fans, which is good. People are just like happy that I'm playing. Yeah. 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 Which is a nice spot to be into. Um, Yeah. It's good. Good. So I can just wow them with my 12.2. Well, just a couple more questions. I'm curious what your typical week, how much are you on the road? Uh, what does what your travel schedule look like with your new job? Um, so it, it, it depends. I've got like 12 or 13 events this year. Um, and then I've got, uh, I have a whole separate gig with the USGA where I host their digital content, which is awesome. Um, so this week I'm doing double duty. Um, so I've got all the USGA hosting that I do. Um, like I get there on Sunday for USGA, we film all these packages that roll throughout the week on digital. Um, and then like for this week for golf channel, like tomorrow for live from, uh, because it's a major, we, I show up at 6am for a production meeting, um, 9am the show starts. I've got like a hit in the beginning of the show. I've got a hit like in one of the later blocks of the show. Um, and then we'll go like in between those blocks, we'll go and get interviews with, uh, players that are doing their press conferences, like I think Rachel Hex at 11, somebody else. I don't know. I can't think of the schedules off my head. Um, and then like, we'll pre-tape a hit for golf central tomorrow, probably then I'll go and shoot something for USGA. Um, and then, so tomorrow we don't have live from the, in the evening, but then the rest of the week, it's that like 6am call time morning live from go shoot USGA stuff and then play. And then after that, it'll be live from again. And then GA post round wrap up. It's a lot. This week is a lot. Um, but usually, usually it's not as intense. Usually it's just like you arrive on Monday, you prep for golf today, golf central. And then when you're in competition days, you're doing, uh, pre-game and post-game shows. And if I, if we're sharing that week with CBS, NBC carries the first two days of the broadcast. So if we have time in the broadcast window, I would interview like Jordan Spieth in the last three minutes or something like that while we're in the golf channel broadcast window. If that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. You'll have your hands full this week. It's uh, a lot. It's yeah. People don't understand. Like I do all my, like a lot of my own research and mm-hmm. writing and like, obviously they, they help and they send out a lot of notes and stuff like that, but it's a lot, it's a lot of work. Anything but it's, you, it's like, the best. well, yeah. Anything you want to tease this week, anything you're working on, uh, make sure folks check out little pieces or well, features. Yeah. I would say just to make sure you check out all the USGA content, especially, um, we work really hard on that. We host a little show called the tap in, um, it's short. It's a 60 minute tap in show. Um, 60 <laughs> minute or uh, 60 second. Oh, I'm sorry. 60 second. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, cool. 60 yeah, minutes is not short. short. 60, yeah. minutes. <laughs> 60 second. Um, yeah. And, um, I'll get to do some fun stuff for live from. So if you guys, um, tune in to live from, I've got some like fun nuggets on players and burger dogs and all sorts of stuff. So I think I heard you mention that there would be mentions of burger dogs in the broadcast. Any mentions. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for your burger dog mentions. They are delicious. Can they, confirm. And that's, that makes me feel better about them is that I'm the same way. Like they, they are yeah. straight up. They are delicious. Yes. Uh, I think yeah. it'd be a good drinking game this week. You know, anytime you hear the word burger dog, yep. you know, take it, take a shot, drunk. but <laughs> you know what? It's fine. It's worth it. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Two more questions. You've obviously traveled a ton. What's your favorite spot, either domestically, internationally? Like when you close your eyes and be like, I want to take a trip here. What, what's top of your list? Oh, man. Um, so I really enjoy the spots where there's an amazing beach situation. So I had never been to Hilton Head or Palm, like I've been to Palm Beach before, but not like the way that we just did it for the Walker Cup. Um, it was incredible. So like I every day at Hilton Head before I got to work, I would like get a coffee, go walk on that huge wide beach. It was it was so incredible and beautiful. And um, when we were in, in Palm Beach for the for, for the Walker Cup, we stayed at the Breakers, oh. which was insane. I, I yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, those were a lot of fun. probably my my favorite like golf related travel that I had re- have had recently. And then obviously like staying at, at anything like Pebble Beach or Bandon, those are my two like yeah, yeah. For, live forever for for either of those two. Where have you not been? What's what's top of your list? Place you want to see? Um, I've not gotten to play or go to like Scotland, Ireland, and England. Oh, those are yeah. like I, yeah. That's that's we were going to do that for our honeymoon, but then COVID. So um, we're maybe going to go next summer. But yeah, I would love to just go for two months and go to every golf course. You might not come back. Every pub. I, I, no, I'll never the come first back. time I went, I, I thought long and hard about just not coming back. Yeah. I'll get a job with Sky Sports and just stay there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Last question. Get you out of here. I don't know if I hope that you can, but maybe you can't because you're in the media, but do you have a prediction to win this week? Oh my gosh. Uh, no, I feel like um, I always want to pick somebody, but anytime I pick them, they don't win. So I just don't want to speak it Ooh. into existence. Well, I was going to say, well, who do you want to jinx then? <laughs> no, I don't want to jinx anyone, Randy. No, I can't. Um, I actually don't know what the rules are around that. I had to have to okay. check. You Give, might know better than I right. do. Well, but you know what? I, I would say, I will say. Um, how about I phrase be, it differently? Yeah. Who, yeah. who are some players that you have your eye on for so whatever I think, reason? I think it would be really cool if Nelly or Jess Corda won a U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really great for golf and they're both wonderful and I love them. And, but there are many wonderful players whom I love. I, so I love them I all. Be, I love, I love them I all. I love them all. I love them all. Um, but I think it would be cool. I think it would be a great storyline and they, yeah, I think that they would be awesome. One of them would be awesome. And, and taking nothing away from Jessica, but I've talked to Beth Ann Nichols about this. I, I think Nelly winning a major would be awesome for women's golf i I think oh yeah she seems like she gets a major too there's there's a lot of star power and a lot to build around uh there which is a lot of pressure for her and and maybe unfair pressure but she's a type of player that i I think would have a great chance of bringing in more casual fans even i think so too i think that she would be a great ambassador for the game she already is a great ambassador but um it would just put her on that next level um so if she can get a few things tight uh, i think that she has a really great chance she walked off the course i happened to be walking by doing a piece and she walked off of 18 green yesterday and i was like so what do you think and she was like i mean this is a us open like this place is legit. I am so pumped and excited. So she's, she seemed like, it like gave me goosebumps. I was like, yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> like she's going to do great. So yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for her, but um, anybody will be a wonderful winner. And uh, I mean, 
they have really outdone themselves this week. So I'm excited for how it's going to look on the broadcast as well. Just to hold myself accountable, I think I'm going to make my official pick, Danielle Kang. I think she's a USGA champion before. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know why, but, you know, I think of some of the men's US Opens at, at uh, Olympic, a guy like Webb Simpson, Lee Jansen, um, mm-hmm. players that strike me as just mentally tough, you know, maybe not the the prettiest swing or, you know, but they just, they they get the ball in the hole. And I feel like there's a lot of that in Danielle. Um, I thought she played really well in Las Vegas. She didn't have to play the extra, you know, unfortunately for her, she got beat, but I I think it might've kept her a little fresh for this week. So I'll I'll jinx Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle, Danielle's so gritty and you have to be gritty for this. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised as well to see Danielle and she, and her win would be amazing for the game and she would be an amazing ambassador so yeah we're spoiled for choice here she's great well Kara this was a ton of fun um like you I I, you know Tron and I so enjoyed our our brief chat at at Olympic last month and it's awesome to be able to talk to you for a little longer and congratulations on the new job uh thank you now that you've spoken your golf goals you know out into existence we're gonna we're gonna hold you accountable for those too so best of luck good good yeah. yeah we'll do another show you can check in on my journey to the mid-am <laughs> see how it's going perfect would <laughs> like right. that thanks for having me Randy. yeah Appreciate get some it. sleep have- you have a busy week thank you so much kara Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who-